Hello and welcome to the Popcorn and Piggy podcast, which is your audio guide to all things guinea pigs. Thank you for joining me today. Hello, welcome back. Welcome if you are new. Hello, I'm your host Sam and this podcast is a place where together we share our love for all things guinea pigs. Their big cheeky personalities, yet small fluffy physical bodies and how we can ensure that they get the best life possible so that we in turn can benefit from their interaction, love and overall cute. This podcast is brought to you by Popcorn and Piggy. Popcorn and Piggy, the brand, is your one-stop shop for unique, cute and funny guinea pig clothing mugs, greeting cards and stickers and we are taking over the internet via our YouTube channel, Instagram and Facebook accounts so that together our community, the Popcorners, will change the stigma around guinea pigs being easy and disposable pets and instead spread the word that guinea pigs are the best animals in the world. So that's enough for the intro, now let's get into this week's episode. What's up Popcorners and welcome back. Have I got a special podcast episode for you this week. We have the awesome Scott or Scotty from Scotty's Animals and this is an interview with him. So in this podcast you are going to learn all about him if you don't already know him, his YouTube channel, his own guinea pigs. He has a variety of boars so we are talking all about boar relationships and bonding. We're talking what it's like to be a volunteer at the LA guinea pig rescue and what that entails, his allergies, nails the guinea pig and his main story and so much more. This episode is a long one because it's an interview episode and you know me, I like to get to know the person behind, in this case the YouTube camera, um, and bring them to you in so that you guys can get to know them more too. So let's get into this week's episode so that you guys can hear all the wonderful goodness that Scott T has to share with you um, in this wonderful interview. Welcome Scott to the podcast. Hey, hey Popcorners. <laughs> it's great to be here. This Isn't is that be fun. an awesome name, the Popcorners? <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it's great. You've you're you're starting a a, a cult basically. <laughs> well, the, the guinea pig community is is uh is almost. Uh, it totally is. It really cult. is. Uh, <laughs> so, welcome to the podcast, Scott. Please introduce yourself and your YouTube channel, which is probably where most people will know you from. Um, and if they don't know you, obviously they can get to know you. So, over to you to introduce yourself. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, I'm Scott, uh, or you can call me Scotty, um, and my uh, channel, Scotty's Animals. Um, let's see, uh, I'm a volunteer at the LA Guinea Pig Rescue, and um, I also make uh, videos about mostly about guinea pigs, but also about uh, other animals. I have a, a cockatiel and some fish, and and and. Uh, you know, whatever animals happen to come my way that, you know, I find interesting, I'll try to, you know, learn about them. And if I can uh, capture, you know, some video, then who knows? Which is awesome, because one of your latest videos on your YouTube channel is the Desert Wood Rat, I think. Is that right? Uh, <laughs> it Yes, it is. Um, I was wondering how current we were going to get with this um, or... Um, yeah, so I just moved to the desert, and lo and behold, I'm acclimating, and there's creatures all around me, and some of which uh, are used to coming in and out as they please, I guess. Um, so yeah, I had to relocate the desert rat. Uh, it's funny because at the very end of the video, um, I concluded that whoever's been living under my, my washing machine in the laundry room was not the one I caught. Um, but last night at sunset, as I sat out there enjoying my new surroundings, uh, another almost identical rat, if you sit still enough, it just will walk right over your foot. And so I, uh, a lot of people in the comments were like, you got to get a trap because I caught him with uh, a, a trash can and some parchment paper um, because I ordered a trap, but I was able to catch him quicker than the trap arrived but the trap did arrive and just in time for me to catch this new rat who's sitting right behind me uh, in a Tupperware and he's about to go uh, to the same spot with his friend uh, later on today. Um, it well, seems I like it's going to be a thing. 
I loved that in the sense that you were able to catch them obviously alive and release them and give them their natural habitat. That was amazing. Yeah. That reminds me, I hope it doesn't uh, screw up the audio, but I did, I set the trap up after I caught the, tra the, the guy last night. I, whoa, desert chipmunk. There's so many animals out here. It's, it's hilarious. Um, but I set the trap up again to make sure to see uh, if that was the one in the laundry or if it wasn't. So, oh, there's a third one. Oh no! The, the, the trap is set, and I, I caught the I caught the laundry rat. Okay, he's still got an apple, and he's in a pretty big cage. He's probably scared, but uh, we'll finish the podcast. It's still nice and cool in here, and then wow, I'll take these these two out to that spot. This is, that is amazing. Exciting, it's or? like being on one of your YouTube <laughs> videos right now. Guys, you're getting the exclusive on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that 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 video is coming. Oh my gosh! Wow. Um, so I guess, uh, let's talk about this. So it, for anyone who's not on your channel and doesn't know about you, um, you've you've been based in LA. You've been helping at the LA Guinea Pig Rescue for numerous years, but you've up to move. Yes, let's focus. You're calling it the <laughs> desert, aren't you? So let's let, just just give people an idea of sort of your location, because obviously this is this is a podcast, so they can't see things. So. Okay. Let's talk about what your new surroundings. My current location. Okay. Well, I'm near Joshua Tree and uh, the 29 Palms military base. So anybody who has Google can kind of pull that up and triangulate sort of where I am. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, lizards and uh, little prairie dogs, and um, there's a lot of palm trees that live out on this direction, and Joshua Trees more as you get uh, closer back west towards uh, the city. But yeah, I mean, I'm only, I'm 15 minutes from Joshua Tree National Park and I can see it right out my window. Um, wow. But yeah, you were talking about uh, how long I've been volunteering. Um, I looked it up uh, just earlier and I think I first, my first contact was in 2012 with the LA Guinea Pig Rescue. Uh, wow, and, that's amazing. Yeah, um, I kind of got sucked in just like everybody. Uh, I I lost one of my pet store pigs. You know, I, I made, <laughs> there's there's so many paths into guinea pigs. And one of them is, of course, you go into this, you go into a pet store. And of course, you have this moment with them. And then, you know, it doesn't matter if, you know, you know, that's it, you know. So, um I didn't know that there were guinea pig rescues, um, and and uh, my boys they lived harmoniously for uh, about three to six months, maybe. Um, maybe I was in denial, but at a certain point, I just you know I had to separate them because it was just constant daily fighting. Um, but they lived happily side by side. They'd lay down, touching each other through the grids. Um, but it was just. Um, one of them had a, you know, dominance complex, the little one, Oliver. And so, you know, whenever they were together, he would just always try to prove his dominance. And Big Louie was just like, he would tolerate her for a while. And then he would just, just be like, you know, push him away. And then, it, you know, they, then they just wouldn't trust each other. So it's uh, always but, the little one as well, I find. I had two fossils <laughs> for a while, and one was literally twice the size of the other. And it was the same, the little one yeah. with the dominance issues. <laughs> they got something to prove. I, I can understand that. Um, so when I, when I lost Louie, um, I thought, there's got to be a rescue somewhere. And, um, yeah, it, it was... It, it kills me because, you know, people have guinea pigs for years and they have no idea what they're doing. And then they Google and it, it, it just pop right up, you know, guinea pig rescue. And, you know, it's way in the corner of the valley. Uh, so where I lived in L.A., it was like, you know, practically an hour away in traffic. But everything is, you know. So, you know, um, I, I went there on a weeknight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, people. Well, I get messages from people all around the world and they're like, yeah, you know. The, the nearest rescue or shelter is an hour or two hours away. It's like, that's nothing, you know, to, to go and be with people who actually know what they're talking about. Uh, and driving an extra hour um, can save you months or years of heartache. 
So. Absolutely, yeah. And just not only finding people who know what they're doing, but I did an episode recently about vet care as well, and actually finding a vet who's also guinea pig savvy. Yeah. Sometimes, again, you need to put yeah. in the time to Same thing. one who Pe- knows what they're doing. People, yeah, people have told me that, oh, the, the nearest vet that sees guinea pigs is 45 minutes away. It's like in a rural area, I get it. You're going 60, you know, well, I'm miles an hour, but you, this is an international audience. But yeah, you're driving at top speed for an hour versus in LA, you're just sitting there stuck in traffic for an hour to go five miles. But, you know, do what you got to do to get that, you know, high quality care. They're your babies. Absolutely. So, and like you say as well, also volunteering your time to the rescue and helping the rescue because not only do you get something out of obviously helping the rescue, but the rescue gets so much by your help as well. So I guess this is a natural kind of um, leeway into that. So let's talk more about, I guess, what it's like being a volunteer at the LA Guinea Pig <laughs> Rescue. Because I think it's fair to say, especially because the LA Guinea Pig Rescue have an amazing YouTube channel, which guys, definitely check it out if you haven't. And obviously, again, plug for Scott, Scott Eats Animals on YouTube as well. All the links yeah. will be in the show notes. Um, but yes, yeah, so Scotty is there pretty much every weekend, I think. Um, so yes, every weekend. What you do there? Um, well, so like I said, yeah, I met Saskia, and um, my duties uh, have evolved over time. Um, my responsibilities have kind of grown uh, as I've gotten to know Saskia. And Saskia is amazing. She's been doing this 20 years. Um, it started, it's always been pretty much out of her home. Um, but over the years, you know, it used to be a small apartment in Santa Monica that she was doing this. And, and, um, I think, you know, she was also working through pet shops at a certain point, uh, and helping, uh, you know, facilitating adoptions like that. But, um, at the current location, it's been about over 10 years that she's been there and, I met her seven years ago, so um, I was doing more freelance work at the time, which gave me days off, and at first I was able to help transport, pick up piggies um, that were coming to the rescue from shelters. Um, She would say, oh, there's a piggy uh, at this animal shelter, can you go grab them and bring them here? Um, And back in the old days, we don't really do much neutering at the rescue at all. Um, we try to bond boys with each other, which is what I ended up really specializing in. Um, but after, you know, sometimes six months or a year of one guinea pig failing play date after play date, and they're just still here and still here, um, those ones, you know, after we have three or four of those, we used to take them down to San Diego uh, because we companions, which is another amazing rescue um they knew some vets that would uh do discounted and and uh neuters with a vet that we trust that had a really good track record so i would transport you know anywhere from five to ten guinea pigs in my little volkswagen golf all loaded up and then i would drop them off in san diego and then bring the ones that had been neutered back um so i did that for a while um, and Saskia was like, why don't you come on the weekend and, and help with adoptions? And, um, I just, how it, it's, it is really cool. There's a culture. So we all sort of have learned from each other, what each other has, has presented, uh, uh, during the adoption process. And it's really just all comes from Saskia's knowledge. But then at the same time, we've all been volunteering a lot of us for so many years that it's been crazy to see a lot of the knowledge evolve especially around uh food and you know calcium and and things like that but also just the our approach to bedding and and you know everything really it's so having this internet community has allowed all of these thoughts to really you know, even five years ago, I didn't have like a fully stocked emergency kit. I'd have some things, but you know, now I'm like, oh yeah, you got to have some children's Benadryl, you know, in just in case of the off chance, because it's not even about your piggies. Who knows? You might be somewhere. Um, and you know, you find some scraggly piggy, like actually just sitting there on the side of the road. It happens all the time. Um, the most crazy stories, um, about where people, you know, cause I am there every, 
Sunday, every Saturday, and people come in and, you know, they're like, oh, I found this guinea pig five miles out on a hiking trail. And, wow. you know, and, and this is like a canyon country, you know, this isn't, you know, this isn't like some magical, you know, forest with berries to eat everywhere. This is like rattlesnakes and like, you know, cliff sides. Um, that was uh, Freddie, uh, LA guinea pig rescue. And, and I, we both did a bunch of videos about Freddie when he came in. Uh, was he, he was really dirty and dehydrated and, and, uh, but he made a full recovery, found a, found a, a great home and, and a good match and yeah it's, it's I have, crazy i have to say that those videos as shocking as they are because you know the state of the guinea pigs when you or saskia and the, everyone at the rescue finds them i love those because especially like your, your nails you know to see where he started and where <laughs> he is now those are like really <laughs> interesting videos so i guess let's talk about nails because i think nails is, is a, oh gosh isn't he Nails, uh, um, he's he's getting really big. I was gonna go grab him. <laughs> so uh, whilst um, while Scotty's grabbing nails, guys, nails yep. came in with was it mange? You found him? Yeah. Well, he he was yeah he was um, in a uh, feed store in San Bernardino, which is about two hours away, uh, north of Los Angeles, and somebody messaged me saying uh, that they've had him for a couple months and they've been trying to treat him, but they don't know what to do. And yeah, it, it's, it was a great opportunity, but it's also, it's still, it's like, oh, my videos aren't reaching if, if uh, you know, still like uh, the feed store, uh, they couldn't diagnose this as mange. And the heartbreaking thing was they actually had um, a dewormer paste that they could actually have cured him with. Um, really? But they just, they just sounded over, uh, we, you can, ivermectin is a paste, is a, a drops that you put on the ears of the guinea pigs that prevents mites, lice, and parasites. We give it to all the pigs when they come in for health checks. We do free health checks for all guinea pigs at the rescue, no matter where they came from. Um, but you can also use a horse wormer paste. Um, it's, I don't know what they call it, wormer, it's like deworming, but it's, that's what it's called, horse wormer paste. Um, and you just put a pea-sized amount in their mouth um, once a week for three weeks, and it would cure them. And they have it because it's a feed store. They, you know, have stuff for horses. But they just didn't know. So I drove there, and I got him, and he was seizuring. He, seiz he You know, when they get mange and it's that bad, they're just, their nervous systems are overwhelmed with how itchy they are, and, and they just can't take it. So um, I took him, and, and just we have a treatment. You know, we just give them um, the ivermectin, and then we give him antifungal baths just in case. He did have ringworm also. Um, he was just a mess, but now he's huge. So and happy fully and healthy. <laughs> Look, I, uh, the, this is a podcast, but you, we're, we're doing a video chat for technical I'm reasons, enjoying so a lot of Nail's cuteness right now, guys. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, uh, I think he's a teddy. I'm not still not entirely sure what the difference between a teddy and a, a Rex is, but um, he used to have really thin fur, and even when it filled in, you could still kind of see his skin, and now it's just so dense, and he smells really good. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Aww>, he loves <laughs> he smells... to give the kisses, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, no, it's, um, I love all guys, my pigs, but... If, if you yeah. want to see literally where Scott was talking about there, you know, how, you know, Nails came in to be, originally I think he was a foster pig, wasn't he? But you yeah. fell in love with him and obviously had to keep him, which I'm so glad because it means <laughs> we'll get to see more of him too. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you want to see the, yeah, the original of how he came in to how he is now, check out Scotty's channel. Yeah. Yeah, and the first video was actually for LA Guinea Pig Rescue. Uh, I think it was called Mange uh, Seizures, something like that. Um, but yeah, yeah. When I hold him, I just can't stop thinking about the whole thing. But he has this funny thing where um, guinea pigs are really smart, you know, of course. And and so if I tickle him under here, 
he will, I don't know if he'll do it when I'm holding his paws like this, but yeah, so you see, he'll, he'll go and he'll go and he'll bite my finger and he'll move it out of the way if I tickle underneath here and he'll completely bite and move my finger gently. So he doesn't the like of any scratches then? Um, he doesn't, oh, he, he doesn't <laughs> not like Gary. No, he doesn't like, uh, he likes it on top of his nose and on his cheeks. Um, he is really playful. Like if I sort of uh, scratch him and uh, tap around and like pat around his cage and kind of scratch the log, I can get him to kind of popcorn and, and run around. Oh, bless. Yeah. No, but I, I, definitely I better put him back. Or he's gonna, some pigs like He's going to distract me. Oh, he's, he's too distracting. He's too cute. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I definitely find like some piggies love chin scratches and others don't. And I've got a few that same. I've got one who absolutely loves it and just will go crazy and just literally forever be like, like Gary does in the videos. He'll just be there. <laughs> Scratch me, scratch yeah. me. And then I've got well, you... some who are kind of like nails who don't bite or don't nibble, but they kind of will use their paw to like grab my finger and say, no, no, no. Yep. I, I would say probably in my experience, the majority, I'd say 70% of pigs don't like their chin scratched. Because um, they are prey animals. So it's this whole underneath thing is like, you know, off limits. But um, well, that, that also is what makes that, you know, 30, 40% special because um, they're, they're really being vulnerable with you. And that's what I like the most is finding out what <laughs> each piggy's personality is and what they like and don't like. And, yeah. you know, I mean, okay, let's spend this time now. Yeah, about we can go back to the rescue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you, got, you have quite a few piggies in your life. Let's go yeah. through and talk about the piggies in your care at the moment. Okay. And I was also going to say that, like, people come into the rescue and um, they say, I, I have a million stories that start out with people coming to the rescue generally or somebody came into the rescue specifically. Um, but yeah, people come into the rescue and they're like, like just last weekend, I hope they're not listening. <laughs> people come into the rescue and they're like, I've been searching for three months for a black, you know, Abyssinian or a this or a that. Or do you have like a long hair? Um, I mean, I get it especially if you have a bunch of pigs or if you've never had like I get the reason and and if you're willing if you got your heart set on a type of pig and you want to adopt and and you're you wait are willing to wait um but what they look like totally like basically doesn't matter like after the first hour when you get them home you're just like oh you're sassy or or you're shy or you're super lazy or and and even I mean, what you discover can change over time, but um, it's amazing how, yeah, their personalities reveal themselves to you. And for instance, we're talking about my piggies. I can just start off and mention Mike. Um, uh, you guys have probably more skinny pigs fans listening than people who even know about my channel. Um, so uh, uh, Abby's pig, Huckle, who is a, a silver Agouti Martin, that's what Mike looks like, almost identical. If if Abby does a, a action movie starring Huckle and she needs a, a stunt double, Mike would be perfect. Um, I love he's that. a little he's a little chubbier, but with the right camera angles, I think it could still work. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say is that he his personality is he's so kind of lazy and uh, he wants to hide everywhere. Um, but yet at the same time, he'll like be in a hiding spot and he'll, I can hear him like demanding food from me. Um, and then um, I'll put like a sliver of something kind of just on the edge of where he doesn't see it. And then I'll kind of like push it to where he can see it and I'll hear like, and then he like grabs it and it like just disappears. It like moves backwards. It's just like the weirdest. <laughs> um, I love when they purr. It's like a thank you, isn't it? Yeah, well, um, and Timmy does it too. Well, sometimes they're just like super excited uh, about what they're getting. But, uh, well, that's another thing. Uh, at the rescue, people ask me, well, what, what does purring mean? Um, and uh, it's a Smurfs reference. And I guess we're getting to the point where some young kids don't even know who the Smurfs are. I'm like, they're blue, right? 
Katy Google Perry. Guys, if you don't know who was it, K- Katy Perry Smurfette or something like. If that doesn't bridge the gap between uh, the old Smurfs, but anyways, in the Smurfs, they use the word Smurf to mean pretty much everything. You know, I'm Smurfed out. You know, I, I go Smurf me that pail of Smurf berries, right? It's just, um, but for some reason, in context, you understand what it means, and that's what the purring is. Um, if if a firecracker went off, they might go, you know, really short, brief one. Um, if you put two strange pigs together, they're going to be rumble strutting, and uh, which you know, I guess to the untrained ear, it all sounds the same, but because they are a bunch of purrs, but they are subtly different, and they do have totally different meanings. And yeah, I think once you've owned the guinea pigs for a certain length of time, you actually acknowledge and know the different peers totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just in general, yeah, it's the, all their different sounds. Um, uh, yeah, they're, once you kind of, it doesn't take long, but once you can detect them, then um, interacting with them, it's, yeah, you're speaking their language. Um, and that's part of the whole guinea pig ownership. I should get back to all, all the piggies that, um, that I have, but... Um, a lot of people, they're, they're, they're trying to get the piggies to get onto their level. And it's like, if you would just, um, uh, well, when it comes to having your piggies raised up on a table, I would say you do want your piggies to be on your level. <laughs> but when it comes to their personalities and communicating with them, you've got to get on their level uh, and, and stop adding your crazy emotions onto them and trying to, you know, and just, and also accepting, um, yeah, the, that they are animals and, you know, and, but it's, yeah, it's not like, they're not like starter pets, like people say, or like, like that, yeah, that, I mean, we could go off on a tangent forever about that. Um, but yeah, it's like, you can't expect them to do things that they can't do, but at the same time, when you meet them on their level, it's like there's no limit to the surprises and um, the layers of their personality that you can discover. Like they're, yeah, they're, they're it's awesome. All of, um, it's, it's exactly like you say, it's basically, you know, knowing everything about the guinea pig species, so the fact that they're prey animals, like they need shelter, like all their basic care, you know, giving them time to settle in. They love routines. Um, <laughs> and so getting them there to feel comfortable in your home, that's when they really sort of excel. And because they feel comfortable, they let their guard down a little bit. So you get to know their personality and they become, you know, the madams or the, um, you know, sassy <laughs> pigs that we all know. And yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, and, and that's kind of the fun thing about all the, uh, the guinea pig channels is um, it doesn't take very many videos watch. I, my, my pigs are uh, not always like their personalities aren't always the star of my videos like some other guinea pig channels. But uh, when I watch those channels, um, it is amazing how quickly uh, I get to know the guinea pigs specifically. And it's just like, you know... Um, yeah, you just, it's, it's like you, you know them like, like they're friends. <laughs> I want to list a bunch of other piggy channels, but we don't probably don't have time. Um, yeah. So should I list all of my piggies? Yeah. So I think you, you started with Mike and then you were, I mentioned on Mike. Well, yeah, Mike lives with Timmy. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, Mike's a silver goody. Timmy is a, uh, satin Abyssinian. Um, and he has uh, satin guinea, guinea pig syndrome. So that basically means um, he has joint issues um, and, and uh, basically like arthritis, an advanced form of arthritis. Um, but we've got a couple treatment options going for him. Um, and, you know, he's still, it's amazing as, as uh, much as he seems like he, you know, uh, has mobility issues when when it's veggie treat time he just comes running um uh, so it's it's it, it is funny um that sometimes he forgets how sick he is or 
I take it easy, old man. Um, but he's not old. He came from the rescue. He's one of those ones that uh, was dumped in a park with mange. Um, and he, he was pretty much almost exactly like nails. And he went through the same recovery with seizures and he was wrapped. Um, one of my earlier videos, I think I showed some pictures of, of him. Um, yeah, he looked very scraggly. But there is <laughs> there's something kind of cute. He looked like a skinny pig. So uh, that's, yeah, that's what mange pigs look like. If it's really bad, basically, they look like skinny pigs. Just Werewolves. With bits of hair, yeah, bits of hair that should be lots more hair. Yeah. Mm. So let's okay, talk so, about the next kind of cage or group, I guess is the way to Okay, let's it. see. Yeah, it'll help if I'm looking at them. Okay, so <laughs> Timmy and Mike are kind of in the middle. Um, to their left is Billy. Uh, Big Billy is a cooey, um, and he was born at the rescue. Um, and yeah, Billy was one of these situations where um, I had a pig. I'm pretty sure I had a pig, Louie, who wasn't getting along with anybody, and but he was super awesome, and I never gave up. And for years, um, I would always try to pair him up with whoever came in as a foster. And incidentally, he finally paired up with Mike, actually. Um, I've since rearranged the, the, the groups because um, Mike can pretty much get along with anybody. And instead of having a bunch of, like, Timmy being bullied by somebody and Mike being bullied by somebody, I put them together because they are the most docile, and that way Timmy won't be bullied as much because of his condition. Um, <clears throat> but I got Billy as a baby to go with my wild boy Louie, and that worked for a couple months, and then as soon as uh, Billy kind of grew up and became a teenager, he started challenging Louie, and so, I, you know, you start out with one pair, and then uh, the pairs break up, and, and you think, oh, well, it's easy to just add a baby. Um, that works like 50% of the time, maybe. But the um, baby that, becomes a teenager, doesn't it? So you can go through the whole thing again sometimes. Yes. And, and so that's, but by at that point, you're already attached. Yes. So, so, um, and I never had a cooey before there, for some strange reason. So for those people who aren't familiar with the term, cooies are the larger guinea pigs, normally just orange and white, um, and uh, they were bred, are bred for food uh, in South America. Um, so don't go Googling it, but if no, you do. don't Google it, guys. Don't. If you, I've been to Peru. Well, if if you Google it, be prepared that half the pictures look like uh, the cover of um, an Oxbow food bag and the other half are on a dinner plate. Um, so, but for some reason, they, they started showing up in uh, pet stores in America in California and uh, for three or four years people all we would get for surrenders people would come in with these huge wild pigs and they were completely frightened and they all you know they all looked the same they had you know kind of long noses smaller eyes huge feet and they were just gigantic and super strong um, <laughs> and just like Billy they when when they're babies they're like these cute little hamster size you know surprises um billy is crazy tame and he has no idea of the power he holds but <laughs> these other pigs did and they and so you know people would come in with their small children and they're just like we have, you know this is we wanted a guinea pig we don't even know what this is looks like a guinea pig um but so there was this epidemic so we at the guinea pig rescue there was a barn before we had the norcal uh, 700 uh, situation, the barn had lots of uh, female cooies, uh, just a bunch of them, some neutered boys, but uh, a lot of the neutered boys for some reason, uh, or a lot of the boys in general, we could uh, pair up easier, um, but especially if they were neutered, but the girls would just be really scared. We just, so we just had a bunch of the wildest ones living in the barn. Uh, and 
some people over the years, you know, they all got adopted because people would be like, that's what we want. We want a crazy wild cooey and we're going to, we're going to tame them. Aww. Maybe they didn't, maybe they didn't, but there was some really, you know, kind hearted, patient people out there that that's what they wanted to get into. But then they stopped showing up and, and now we see a lot more skinny pigs uh, in the pet stores. So there's, there's always some fad in the pet store guinea pig world. Yeah, like you say, they almost go through trends, don't they? Yeah. Um, so let's see. So, so that's that. Let me, let me. Um, so that's Billy. Um, so, but yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like there's always some crazy. Well, there is some crazy story behind every pig that I have, but uh, sometimes it actually, it's not just about the individual. It, it goes to something bigger. Um, so next to Billy is Nails and Piggy Smalls, and <laughs> I just love those names, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, so the way Nails was named is right when I got back from San Bernardino, and I was like, "We got to name him something tough." And uh, um, the guy, there was just some guy walking out of the rescue, and he's like, "Why don't you name him Nails?" And I was like, "I thought I was recording too," and I was like, "Yeah." I was like, that's amazing, because it's like, you know, he's like, because he's tough as nails. I was like, of course. So <laughs> that just, yeah, became his name. But Piggy Smalls, um, he was an owner surrender, and uh, that was just his name. But at four in the morning last night, I hear a rumbling, because my bed is just on the other side of, of the window in the guinea pig room. I have such a crazy setup now. Uh, so I heard a, a rumbling and a commotion followed by a tooth chattering. Uh -oh. um, Piggy Smalls, uh, you can probably see this. There's this huge divider. So it's like almost two grids high. And somehow Piggy Smalls jumped over it into Billy's cage. And he's been doing that for the last week or so. Um, but I just keep making the wall higher and higher. And... <laughs> You've got and, a jumper. <laughs> yes, but I mean, he's like, he's, yeah, it's like two grids high. I don't, I'm, I have no idea how he's doing it. So, wow. Yeah. Um, so then opposite them is Gary and Pipsqueak. Uh, they each have their own two by three. Um, and then down below is Snoop and Nate. Um, and that's, I, I'm still devising plans on figuring out how to get my uh, singles together in some way, you know. Oh, including Gary and Pipsqueak. You know, Did well, you that's a, so I've got, well, I've got five single boys, so I figure there's got to be at least a combination of two in there. Um, but I, I always say that it's, I feel like in my experience, it's been about, it's about 20% chance of any two given boys that you put together are going to actually bond. Maybe less. Um, it's just that at the rescue, we have so many single boys that we can try that we are almost always successful uh, after three or four tries. And it's crazy. So we'll have like three really bad seemingly fights. The pigs will like chatter and it seems like they won't even calm down. And, but you know, sometimes the people drive from hours, you know, because uh, as I said, you just go five miles and you're still, you know, it's an hour and you're still in LA. Uh, so people come from pretty much all around and I don't want them to leave, you know, without a match and, and, um, cause they won't give up. They'll have to just come back the next week or a month later or whenever they have time. And Absolutely. on the fourth try, it's amazing. Like with, with boys, with girls, it's almost always like a match right away. But with boys, it's it's crazy. Um, um, they could be huffing and puffing and drew blood, and and then you put in the right combination, and they're just like they, they run around in circles. They'll do some humping, some butt sniffing. The poop will fly, but <laughs> then they're laying down and and you know taking naps together, and it's awesome. That happens like every weekend. So <laughs> there's nothing smellier than boar bonding. <laughs> oh man. Um, well, okay. Um, it's pretty funky, but I would say, uh, when you're at the, uh, health check station and, um, one of our volunteers cleans the like boar pocket, 
Yes, that's, that's money too. Well, it's the same thing. It's just that's like a concentrated, you'll get like a very condensed cloud. Whereas the boar bonding is sort of, it's more of a fine, fine mist. The wind blows the right way. But also we do the boar bonding right next to where the horses are. So, yeah, there's also all sorts of smells um, filtering through. I try to take a Claritin uh, within 24 hours of before I go to the rescue. I bet, yeah. I'm allergic to Timothy hay, which... Uh, <laughs> wow! Yes, uh, I sort of have built up an immunity, I guess, because I swim in it every day. But, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I'll, like, break out in, in uh, hives, uh, especially if I get, like, some random either a small pack of some random brand that I've never got and it's got a lot of dust in it. Um, or they sell these huge bales uh, at the rescue. And when I first started volunteering there, before I realized how allergic I was, Saskia would be like, hey, can you go bale some hay? And so I was like in there with like a pitchfork and, you know, like classic, there's like a whole room with a pile of hay and I was like baling it and putting it in bags. And later that night I was like, I just, you know, I, started getting like asthma like symptoms and like my lungs are all like wheezing and it's like I probably shouldn't do that anymore wow so um, I guess you know this is quite a topic in the sense of sometimes <laughs> people actually have to give up their guinea pigs because of health issues so let's talk yeah. about that. How, how do you deal with the fact that you know Timothy is hay and or you know you could do meadow hay or something like this uh, it's yeah. part of a guinea pig's diet how do you then and it's worse that during during uh allergic yeah well during allergy season when like uh flowers are blooming or <clears throat> it turns out that also uh apparently pine <laughs> pine cones uh there's you know these little bristles that come out and and there's a lot of pine uh powder it's like a yellow powder that can be very uh you can be very allergic to so uh, the combination of all that and the horse dust and everything, um, it can be worse at certain times. What? So, like I said, Claritin really helps, um, but on a day-to-day -day basis, when I'm feeding the hay, um, first of all, I try to hold my breath, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll feed the hay, and then I'll immediately wash my hands, uh, get any hay dust, wash my arms, uh, and rinse my face. Um, it used to be, yeah, I'd like feed a big pile of hay, like, cause I'm leaving the house. So I'd feed a pile of hay to my pigs cause I'm leaving and I'm going to be gone for a few hours. And then I would just get in the car and I'd be sitting in traffic and you know, I'd like scratch my eye or my nose and I hadn't washed my hands and I've got like this hay dust all over my face and I'd be sitting in traffic. And then all of a sudden my eyes would get itchy and you know, I'm allergic to cats too, um, I think. So it's kind of like that. But um, yeah, if I breathe the dust, it's bad. Um, I have a a uh, air purifier. Um, so, but I would I would say that's that's the main thing is washing your hands before or right after you uh, you know feed feed your pigs. That's going to be the main thing. Um, you could try other haze. Sticking with the same type consistently probably will help. Um, I have a air purifier, which seems to actually work better than I would expect, um, given it's just this little battery-shaped thing that sits on the floor and makes noise. But it does seem to actually make the air... Cause when there's a lot of hay dust in there, I can feel it. Like when I breathe in, I'm like, oh, I better not breathe that. But if I run it for a little bit and then come back into the room, I'm like, ah, you know, that's actually good, yeah. nice. Yeah. But I have, uh, I don't have air conditioning out here. I have what, what are called evaporative coolers. So they're kind of like air conditioning, but it like sucks air in from the outside through uh, little pads that are dripping, that are wet, that like get saturated with water so it evaporates um so because it creates like a vacuum suction into the house if i close the other windows and open the animal room a crack when i'm cleaning or when i'm pouring out the pine bedding which i use for some of the pigs 
the dust kind of gets sucked out the window. So I that found as well. Yeah, I couldn't do that at my old place, but the because of this whole vacuum situation, yeah, the combination of the air purifier and that. Um, some people are super. They they they'll react badly with some allergy medicines. Um, it seems that like everybody finds the one that works and all the others don't work. If I have Benadryl, I slip into a coma for like half a day. I wow. just, I can't move. <laughs> I can't move. <laughs> well, I guess, um, it's, you know, it's the same as anything. We all have different tolerances of certain drugs and things. And I'm one of those where I try not to take anything because the, the, those tablets that say non-drowsy, they make me drowsy. So I just don't take them. <laughs> Yeah, and, but I found that Claritin seems to help at least with um, that whole itching and sneezing kind of a thing. Um, I just, yeah, I just take it before I go to the rescue, and it's, it's seemed to have been helping over the years. Yeah, well, awesome. So <laughs> I guess to end off, let the guys yeah. listening to the podcast know where they can find you and obviously – um, take all of your amazing content into their education as well and get to know you. Yeah. Um, well, Scotty's animals, uh, I've been relatively, uh, successful at, uh, everything that I, if it's Instagram or, or YouTube or whatever, it's just Scotty's animals. And if you Google it, then they all seem to pop up. So, uh, through no credit of my own, it, uh, um, guess there's I'm the only Scotty's animals out there but I have Instagram and I have a, a YouTube page I, I'm, I'm learning all the social media but it, so it it seems like each one kind of serves a little bit of different purpose so um, on my Instagram I will try to post photos of my pigs if something cute is happening um, or a lot of the times I will post like a one-minute trailer of my latest video um, or if just something crazy happens or like, like if Gary lets me pet him under his chin, uh, then I'll just post a video of that. Um, and the way fa that those also go to Facebook too. So it seems like some people have Facebook and some people have Instagram. So both of those content kind of go to both places at the same time. But I also have just a regular website. Um, and the first part of it is basically all of my social media kind of, there's all these widgets on my website where uh, it shows my latest video and also my guinea pig rock band music video. Which was <laughs> um, awesome. I, yeah, that was a labor of love for a few months. Um, after I'd shoot my uh, educational videos, I'd spend the wee hours of, of the evening. Um, yeah. That was incredible. Doing the dig digital magic, but. Yeah, check that out. Um, that it was really, really fun. Um, so yeah, Scotty's Animals. I also there's like links to supplies and stuff that we recommend at the rescue there. Um, and I have a, a Patreon page. Patreon's a way, right, that you can um, support people who who uh, do things that you like on a monthly basis. But I post. Um, for them, a lot of random things like, oh, this is a secret. So I did a, a, a cartoon version of myself as I'm learning this new uh, cartoon software. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm working on a, some cartoon guinea pigs. Um, and uh, so that's like on Patreon. Last night I was posting some of the, uh, as I'm building the, the character, um, just posting like videos of, of, of the, the process just, you know, for the heck of it. But my idea is, is I'm going to have some guinea pigs, cartoon guinea pigs, and um, they're going to be sitting in a pet shop and they're going to be overhearing the pet store employee giving bad advice to potential guinea pig owners. And they're going to be like, that's all wrong. Uh, you know, guinea pigs need eight square feet or, you know, that guinea pig food is horrible. Look at the seeds in there or, that you know, sounds amazing. Um, yeah. So, and, and, and also, um, 
it could be like, right. So the, it could, I want it to be an opportunity for fun. So they'll be like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. And he could be like, and Guinea pigs eat their poop. Okay. I'll give him that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I've always loved cartoons and I, I have a film and cartoon uh, degree. So uh, it's the technology and uh, the channel are all kind of coming together at the right time. Um, and I have an, I have an audience. It's, I have 15,000 subscribers as of now. I don't know how many people actually still watch, but, um, you know, there's a potential there for uh, lots of education and, and lots of fun because it is cool that, you know, I do get so many messages. People are saying, you know, if it wasn't for you and Saskia, you know, you've improved the life of my pigs or some people really say like, you know, without that one piece of information, you know, I would have lost my piggy and, you know, now they're, they're doing fine. Um, but there's also people that are just like, you know, I was feeling super down and this video just, you know, really made me happy or, you know, I don't even have guinea pigs, but you know, for whatever reason, there's some reasons, you know, people can't have guinea pigs, but you know, they can love them vicariously through, through me. And, and, and so yeah, it's it's been a real surprise and it's been really great, really amazing. So well, you are doing lots of amazing things. I am truly one of those subscribers that watches every video, so that's amazing. And continue to do the awesome work that you are doing. Thank you, everything, Sam. No worries. Everything <laughs> that Scotty has mentioned will be in the show notes. I'll also link LA Guinea Pig Rescue as well, so that you can check those out if you are local. And like Scotty says, they also do free health checks so check them out and um, so thank you very much Scotty for being part of the podcast this week oh it's my pleasure I hope uh my rambling answers I hope there's a some nugget of goodness in there bye popcorners <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to this week's podcast episode if you enjoyed it please leave us a star rating and review it on the apple podcast app and share it with your piggy friends it really helps us get our message that guinea pigs are the best animals in the world and are not disposable pets to more people if you aren't already follow us on instagram our username is at popcorningpiggy where we'd love to connect with you and learn all about you and your guinea pigs our instagram account is linked below in the show notes along with all our other links to our social media thank you once again for listening and we'll be back next thursday for another episode see you then bye